I've had to develop an entire different relationship like halfway through, which I never even thought about from the beginning. It starts off good and you're like, it's always going to be good. And then something happens and you're like, I have to reorganize and rethink everything right Mm -hmm. here in the middle of all this now. Well, our experience is that when, say, you and your husband were, when y'all were dating, y'all could have lived together for 10 years. But when you get married, it resets the blend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how soon y'all got married after you got engaged and by a mom moved back. But by a mom moving back also reset that blend. It's like any uh-huh. major life changes reset the blend. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 245 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. What are we talking about today, darling? Today, we have a guest. Oh, who might that be? That might be Stepmom Kelly. <laughs> Stepmom Kelly has been blending for five years, has two stepkids, three bio kids, and an hours kid. So she's got all of them. Yeah. And her bio kid's dad passed away two years ago. And that creates challenges that you wouldn't really expect sometimes. Right. For instance, the stepkids may get jealous because the bio kids get a new pair of shoes. But yet when the stepkids go to their bio moms, they get a new pair of shoes. But these kids don't have a bio dad to go to. And the kids don't get it. Yeah. There there can be a lot of resentment, you know, for the the person that is there. Um and because the bio parent's not there. Does that make sense? The step parent, there's a resentment toward a step parent. So in this case, the stepdad, there might be some resentment there toward him because the bio dad's not there. Well, actually, her bio kids call stepdad dad. Right. And her ex was okay with that. Yeah. It's kind of funny that overall, I think guys are a little more laid back with stuff like that. Whereas I think women are more protective of that title. Yeah, we carried that baby. (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) I think that has a lot to do with it because I think moms are innately bonded to the child before it's ever born. Because they feel Mm -hmm. the kicks, they feel the movement. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Probably didn't help that, you know, people used to walk around going, what's up, (laughs) (laughs) daddy-o? Or you call people brother all the time. Yeah. It was funny. I called one of my sons the other day. I was like, what's up, brother? He's like, dad? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, okay, what's up, son? (laughs) He wasn't used to that. Yeah. He thought it was one of his other brothers. He's like, that kind of confused me. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Her now husband has full custody of his kids. Bio mom lived two hours away when they got together, but after they got engaged, she moved back. 
and demanded 50-50. Mm. Like, I'm okay with you having the kids full time, but then once he starts to get in a relationship and gets engaged, it's, oh, no, oh, no. I have to come back and state my claim on my kids. I just, I don't know. I don't get, I don't get how people can make their life be about doing something to somebody else like that. Anyway, yeah. that's a whole topic. It is, and we're not going there today. <laughs> no, let's don't. We talk about how everything can't be equal, as we just mentioned. Yeah. She used to say our kids, but now she says yours and mine. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, when Bio Mom came back, it changed the dynamics again. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Mm-hmm. There's different things that change the dynamics of the blend, or as you like to say, it causes a reset. Yep. And that's certainly one of them. You know, and oftentimes people think, well, you know, these these kids are mine too, until something happens, and then you find out just how not yours they are. Well, what's funny is my mom and my dad are biologically my mom and my dad, and if I was a bad kid, I was my dad's kid. <laughs> That's true. Well, your we do that. daughter. Yeah, I was gonna say we do that with the puppies. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you let you let quote unquote my dog do something bad, and it's your dog. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. We talk about how to handle when the stepkids are venting about their bio mom. And we talk about boundaries and the feeling of giving up control. She too was in a blend, but her stepdad adopted her when she was two or three. You know, on a, on a pause for a moment on the last comment you had about feeling like you've lost control. We did a podcast on that recently, just you and I. Yeah. Um, I, I want to pro- probably reiterate, I don't remember exactly everything we talked about, but it, I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was, is not related to step parent or anything else. I th- in fact, it was a business podcast, but the guy brought up the topic of feeling like you don't have control of certain things. And, and even in that podcast, he made a point to say, understanding what you do and do not have control over is control. Yes. Yes. That's what I say. That how you let things affect you is the ultimate control. Right. When you when you look at something for just for example, somebody else, let's say I looked at my ex-wife and she's doing something crazy. Me realizing that I have zero control over that and then Understanding how I can choose to respond to that is the control, right? So you, you, it's not. I look at that and go, oh, it's, "That's completely out of out of my hands," and I can't control any of that situation, right? To a degree, you're you're right. You can't control her, but you can control what you do with that, how it affects you, how you respond to it, and that's where your control is, and that's where your focus should be, not on the crazy, but on you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Moving right along. Well, once you realize what you can and cannot control, and once you realize that you can control how you let things affect you, 
It is the ultimate control. And you feel like you get that power back. And really, if you think about it and dig deep, the only thing you have control over is yourself. I can't control you. I can't control if somebody in the academy doesn't do the homework they're supposed to do. I can't control if my son decides to go to the mountains for a week and I don't want him to. For an example. (laughs) I can't control what my child decides to do as a career in the future. I can't control these dogs ringing the bell 800 times a day. (laughs) I can't control if the power goes out. I can control me. Yeah. It it reminds me, there's a a person I know that, um, just changed jobs and she had a boss lady that she didn't get along with. And I don't know all the dynamics there, but the amount of trauma, I would say that she has allowed this to cause in her is, is pretty dramatic when, because I, I know both people involved and they have a very different outlook on what's going on and what happened. Even though the people that are around it, they were like, yeah, I mean, they didn't get along, but it wasn't to the degree where when somebody brings up the other person's name, you literally start shaking and having physical reactions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that to me now, what, no matter how bad things were, and I don't, honestly, I don't think things were that bad because they were in a very tight work environment where it's not like they were alone and there could have been things done that nobody knew about. I think it just speaks to the the fact that this person really has not conquered their own emotions and how to cope with things that happen to them when they're not comfortable. Right. Right. They probably weren't given the skills or just from your scenario, I bet there's an age gap between these two people. Oh, yeah. There's a huge age gap. Yep. Yeah. And it's, again, I've I've had to, because of some things surrounding that, I've had to kind of look into what's going on. And I, I just, nothing matches the response that I see from this person. Uh, and I, you know, and I'm not in a position really just to try to coach her through this. It's not, it's not where I am in this relationship with either one of them. So it's just, I just, I'm just an observer, but it does make me feel bad that she, she has, does not have the capability or the skills rather. She doesn't have the skills to be able to cope with this in a way that's healthy and, and to some degree, even reasonable. Like I think her reactions to this is not reasonable given what I know of it. Well, I know I have worked for some very horrible people in the past. Mm-hmm. While in that situation, I probably did have, I know one place I did have physical responses to going into that stressful environment. But I also have to say I was a lot younger then too. The last job that I had with corporate America, I worked for a man, and then the positions kind of changed, and I ended up working for this lady. 
we got along great. We got along great. But that's also because I knew when she was in a mood not to approach her. It's kind of like yeah. read the room. Right. I could easily see where the relationship that she and I had could have been similar to the past horrible bosses I had, had I not grown and realized that she's got something going on that has completely nothing to do with me. And for me not to intrude on those days, we will say. Yeah. No, that's, you're right. You have to, you have to compartmentalize things sometimes and realize that not everything's about you. And that's hard to do. Yes. You know, I remember because you take everything personally. Right. Well, I remember one time somebody told me, when you're a person, everything's personal. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, eh, not really. I mean, when I drive through the drive through somewhere and somebody's rude to me, I used to think they're rude to me. Like, this, you're doing this to me. Then, I don't know. At some point in my life, I'm like, they don't know me. There's, I didn't do anything to them during my ordering process. They're just, they're reacting to something else. Yeah, it was before you, before me, you went through the drive-through and I made you change everything that how they make it. Yeah, yeah, most likely. <laughs> but it's, you know, if I were to stop, and, and I've done this before, I don't do it all the time, but sometimes I, you know, I'll stop and say something to the effect of. It seems like you're having a bad day. I really hope things get better for you. And sometimes people start crying. Yeah. Because they realize that they have misplaced anger. And you're and not they, the person to deal with somebody that's crying. So don't say that, David. No, because I'm, I'm like, give me my food. <laughs> yeah. You made them cry and take your food and leave. That's right. Yep. <laughs> well, it's funny. The last boss I had, I remember one day I walked into her office and she just had this scowl on her face. And she said, you've got 20 seconds. I said, I don't need that. And turned around and walked back out. <laughs> and shut the door and didn't talk to her the rest of the day. Yeah. And again, that wasn't about you. Nope. She was dealing with something else. And you just happened to walk in during the storm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when you walk into a storm, you're going to get wet. <laughs> well, and it's like when you and I were going through our hardest times pre-Nacho, I know I carried that to work with me sometimes, without a doubt. So I know there were days that I was unapproachable, or there were days that I was had misguided anger or was not the nicest. If I'd have been working at a drive-thru, I probably would have been like, here's your food, or you know, just not say anything. And you could have, somebody could have said something to me like, seems like you're having a bad day, and I probably would have busted out crying. Yeah. Yeah, you would have been like, yes, I am. Here's your food to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I never ask somebody, how's your day? Like, ooh. <laughs> Most people will lie and say, fine, we're good. How's yours? It's just, yeah. I remember a girl from Germany that worked with us as an intern. She said, when somebody asked me, how is my day? Do they really want to know? And I said, no. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like a greeting. She said, so when they ask, just go, good, you... I said, yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah, they don't really care. They don't want to hear it. Yeah, you say fair to Midland. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> All right, so before we get to listening to this podcast, I want to remind people that we have the Nacho Kids Academy. Inside the Nacho Kids Academy, you get two group Q&A coaching calls a month. You get access to the Nacho Kids Boot Camp, the Change Your Stinking Thinking Challenge, and a Self-Care Challenge 
all of which are very, very important. And there are 20 plus video courses. You get an anonymous, you get an anonymous community to talk to other members of the academy. And you get a private journaling feature as well. And I feel like I'm forgetting something, but that's all I'm going to say for right now. Yeah, you probably are. Well, um, as you reminded people of things, I want to remind people that we don't sell ads for this podcast. It's completely free, but the only thing we do ask is that you just leave us a review. If you want to pay it forward, help other people find the podcast. We appreciate it. And where do you do that, David? uh, Anywhere you're listening to your podcast, there should be a place to leave, um, leave a review. If not, you can go to our website and there's links to different places you can leave a review. We appreciate those. And we probably need to read some reviews maybe next time. We'll pick one or two and read them. All right, folks, let's get to listening. Today we have Kelly in Ohio. Hey, Kelly in Ohio. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend, how long you've been blending, how many stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, all that happy stuff. So we've been together for going on five years. I'd say blending for about four and a half or so. We met before COVID and before the lockdown and then blended our family like during the like lockdown and shutdown. So we blended. We had a lot of quality time to get blended. <laughs> Almost too much. Yeah, like no choice but to have quality time. I have two stepkids, stepson's 11, stepdaughter's 13, and I have three bios. My daughter's 15. I have a daughter that's 13. And then a son that's seven and an hours baby that is two and a half. So we have six kids all together. Wow. Girl, I know how crazy it was here with five. I can't imagine. I run a tight shipwreck. (laughs) A tight shipwreck. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) And you've got four that are teenagers. Yeah. (laughs) They know everything. Longer need Google. Yes, I tell you what. It's amazing what they know, isn't it? So how often do you have the stepkids? When I met my husband, he had full custody. So we have them every, I mean, we have them all the time. We have, She sees them every other weekend. And now she does Wednesday nights for a few hours. But he's had full custody for, I think, a couple of years since before I met him. So he's had it for a very long time. So they're here with us pretty much 24-7. Okay. And what about your kids? They were on an every other weekend schedule with their bio dad, but he passed away. So they're here literally all the time as well. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. It's, it's been tough. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't imagine. So. It was. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. It, it was hard for them. We had me and my ex we were really good friends. And even when we split, even though it was difficult, he loved my now husband and my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law also loves my now husband. So in that area, things were a lot easier as far as blending. And then when he passed away, even though my kids had a really tough time, my husband's really awesome. So they've, they've had a great relationship and it's been a lot better for them. And it's interesting having, because we used to have all of our every other weekends free, mm-hmm. which was great for our relationship in a way. But now we are pretty much full-time parents 
with six kids just nonstop and that um, it didn't start that way. So that's become very difficult, which has kind of led me to finding the natural way of doing things mm-hmm. because when you're with them all the time, you find out like there are things that are very different. <laughs> yeah. How long ago did your ex pass away? It's been about, it'll be two years in May. Okay. Yeah. So they, they've, they've gotten over the initial first holidays. So it's been a little easier this year, but there's some grief that's definitely been buried. And so we have a lot of emotions running around the house and then half them are teenagers. So there, it even adds to that. Yeah. That's, that's a hard age when things are good. Mm-hmm. I do have to say that I'm so glad that your ex and your current husband got along. I know that made it easier in a lot of ways, 100%. The same with your ex-mother-in-law getting along with your current husband. Yeah, it it's amazing for the kids. Like It shows me how good it is for kids because I think this Christmas we met up and my ex-mother-in-law still takes the kids for Christmas and everything. And we did the exchange halfway. And she gave my husband a huge hug. And she's just like, I love you. Thank you for taking care of my daughter. She still considers me a daughter. Oh. And, you know, wonderful dad for my grandbabies. And it's just, I was tearing up when I was there. because It's just so good for the kids to see how much that love is, you know, it's just, it's everywhere. And that's what's best. Well, and it also attests to the fact that you and your ex we're still friends, even though y'all weren't yeah, we together. Were pretty- mm-hmm. Yeah. Not my experience with my husband's ex. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> it's the very opposite. She lived, when I met him, she lived two hours away. And at the time, she had signed over, I mean, she had signed over full custody and moved away. And uh, wasn't and she had gotten the kids every other weekend and even though he may have allowed or said she could have more time she just what I have seen or knew before she knew we were dating is she had quite a bit of freedom and he had always been the responsible one and so I think that was a little bit taken advantage of and they seemed amicable so in the beginning you know we definitely talked about our boundaries and what it meant to be a step parent and that we have to be united and but they were really amicable so i thought okay like we're doing the right thing and we're on the right path but when she found out that we were he was dating someone cuz he hadn't really branched out for a couple of years things took a turn really really quickly <laughs> surprise again <laughs> yeah and it has and when we got engaged, we married for a few years now, but when we got engaged, there was a split decision to move back to our area. So she had been gone for years. And then as soon as she heard her engagement, like a month later, she said, I'm moving back. And I thought, this is going to be fun because <laughs> there has already been a lot of exchanges back and forth with text. And then finally, when she did move back, the effect and, and she She's like, I want 50-50. Just kind of demanded it. She's like, I'm here. I'm present now, you know, and I want I want them half the time. And my husband went to his lawyer and said, nope, it's not in our court order. 
you know, we do shared parenting with major medical, but I, I won't do this. And that caused a, I mean, it was just the floodgates opened of just anger and emotion. And I was definitely a target. So, and the effect it had on the kids, because I used to think we had such a wonderful blending relationship. I thought, I am so lucky. I don't have any of these problems that anybody else does. But it changed when she moved back so much so that it was affecting me and my husband so bad that I was Googling anything, everything. And that's how I found the Nacho page and I was listening to the podcast. And it felt like a relief. I thought there are so many people that go through this and it's not just me. Mm -hmm. And I felt less crazy. And I felt like I had more of a two feet to stand on, you know, when we would have my husband and I would discuss this and I could say, Hey, these are issues that blended families go through. And, and then in my head, I had to get to a couple points where I kind of had to think, I almost said it out loud a few times, but just not my kids. Mm-hmm. Not my problem, not my monkeys, not my circus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, well, I'm glad that your ex-in-laws still get your kids, at least for Christmas. Mm-hmm. How as far away are they? Can. I'd say we're about an hour apart, or give or take. So we meet, it's about 20 minutes. And she'll get them for all the holidays, all their cousins' birthdays. I mean... She's pretty much kept up with the, um, not the every other weekend, but as many random things as she can, which has been really, really good for the kids. Oh, yes. And for her, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's helped her heal from all of the grief. Yeah. So by mom's a little jealous, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Is she in a relationship? It depends on the day and which <laughs> way the wind is blowing. Um, she has an off relationship with somebody, well, a couple different people, but one in particular that has made threats. So we've had to go through the whole blocking of everything. And if she's in a relationship, it kind of goes one of two ways. Either she's, we're family now and I want the kids all the time and I'm going to take it to court and get them. Or she's too busy for them and she won't take them on certain days or She'll say she wants time and then, I don't know, something will come up and she'll say, oh, I can't. Uh, So that's been really very high conflict and tumultuous. And frustrating for y'all and the kids. I have seen it change my stepkids in a way because I'm really close with them. And uh, because my bio kids call my husband dad and my ex was okay with that. They're like, that's awesome. They've got two dads. How good for them. (laughs) And it's just funny because I'm thinking, you're so different than what I'm dealing with on the other side. Man, I love Um, your ex. It just sounds like he was a great person. He, he was, it, it was, it was hard when he passed. I I had a really hard time and I'm very thankful for the time that we had even split because my kids learned if they ever get into a blended situation, they know the right way to react and behave in it. But my, um, my stepkids, they don't have that experience. They are, I mean, the attitudes are awful now, the talking back, the anger, the frustration, and it has just led to it. I have, I've had to develop an entire different relationship like halfway through 
which I never even thought about from the beginning. It starts off good and you're like, it's always going to be good. And then something happens and you're like, I have to reorganize and rethink everything right Mm -hmm. here in the middle of all this now. Well, our experience is that when, say, you and your husband were, when y'all were dating, y'all could have lived together for 10 years. But when you get married, it resets the blend. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how soon y'all got married after you got engaged and by a mom moved back. But by a mom moving back also reset that blend. It's like any uh, uh-huh. major life changes reset the blend. That's funny because we were just talking about that last night. I'm like, dang, I feel like we got to hold on it and something else happens. We got to go back and, you know, re- everything resets and we got to reapproach the same thing. And it's hard on a marriage. Yeah, it is. And you've got to be able to talk about those things. You know, a lot yeah, of people it, think uh, that nachoing is just sweeping everything under the rug, and that's not the case. And at first, when I got into this blended family, I thought everybody's got to be treated the same. Everything's got to be equal. You know, I tried to do that. And at first, I mean, if you're in a situation where two of the exes aren't around, maybe that's possible, but it's definitely not possible if they're both very involved or one of them's high conflict because like we had a situation where I wanted to go to a children's museum with my bio kids and our, our baby and, oh, we can't go. He said, oh, my husband said, oh, we can't go because the other two aren't here. And I must have been having a bad day because I said, my kids cannot keep living around your custody schedule. And um, and we were in the car and we had a really long drive home. So that wasn't, you know, that was like we had to talk about it because we had no choice. You know, we're stuck together. But that was one of those things that in the beginning, maybe we didn't have to do that. But now, like we have to visit that and figure out we have to reset all of our boundaries and all of our expectations. and. We can't be one big happy family because we're not all together anymore like we used to be. Things have to be separate. We have to do things, I think, without the other kids sometimes. Right, because think about it. What if your kid's dad wasn't passed away? And what if they went to his house every other week and then your stepkids went to their mom's every other week? Your child would never be able to do anything. And that's kind of the frame of mind I was in. And that's what had been happening. And I just... I blew up in the, you know, in the car and I thought, this is crazy. I'm like, my kids. And I used to say our kids about everything. And mm-hmm. I've transitioned to my kids and your kids, which was hard. But we're at a point where I kind of have to draw some lines because we're not all biological children and it's not equal or fair anymore in any way and it's not that you love his kids any less and i and that's tough when i have to explain that to him because i have to um i felt like i had to disengage and told him it's like i love them very very much like i wish i could love them more i i said but you know we have to face the reality because this i think there's this dream sometimes that a blended family you know, everybody's the same. It's equal treatment. Everything's, you know, you just treat all of them like they're your own and you love them. And I was on board for that at first. 
I think there has to be, I mean, I got some really heavy wake up calls throughout some of the situations we've been in where, especially when their dad, my kid's dad passed away. I'm like, things are not the same. You know, things are, are different. We have, you know, we had four parents. Now we have three and that makes a really big difference in the dynamic. Yeah. Well, and like you said, it's reality. It's not saying anything negative or a diss on anybody or anything like that. It's just reality. Mm-hmm. And when you talked to your husband about that, did he understand? Did he get it? Did it take him a little while to get it? Or does he still not even get it? <laughs> he, it took him a little bit. He, he's a romantic and he just wants, everything loving and happy all the time. He's like the golden retriever of people. <laughs> and I love him, but it took him a little while to some rough conversations, you know, and we fought a little bit over some of it. Cause I just needed him desperately to see my point and actually had him, you know, we lay on the bed, listen to some of these series of podcasts. I said, see how familiar some of the stuff is and how, you know, some of this, is just it, it took him a while but he came around and one day he did say he's like you have a very different uh role he's like as a stepmom especially being targeted you know by his ex he said you play a very different role than I do and it's a heavy one he's like we are you know this is he he came around he still struggles a little bit because I do, we're kind of having a tough time because I would say I nacho way more with my stepkids than he does with my bio kids. And I think that's mainly because they call him dad and, you know, my ex really loved him. So I think my kids feel very comfortable and okay loving him. Like it's okay that they have two dads or can love him even though one's gone. And that's not my experience that I have with my stepkids. I actually feel like if I love them too much, I'm going to get in trouble. Like that I, I have this gate around me now that I have to be a stepmom. I have to be like a mom when she doesn't want to be, but then when she feels like she's got stuff going on or she wants to be, then I have to back off. And it's a lot of pushing and pulling. And I, I got to the point that I had to really take myself out of it and think, because my mental health was starting to take a toll. Just It was taking a total hit with the entire situation. Yeah, I can imagine. And I often say that being a step parent is like having to have split personalities when you have bio kids. Because mm-hmm. you have to remember, okay, little Johnny's mine. I can parent him. I can discipline him. Little Susie's not. I have to back up a little bit or she's not going to take what I say the same way. But, you know, with you, with bio mom coming back in the picture, it's like that created that divide again. Mm-hmm. And the fact divide. that she, and the fact that she uh, changes whether she's going to be the parent or not, that she needs to be, you have to go out based off that. So, one day you are quote quote mom, one day you're stepmom, mm-hmm. one day 
two weeks later, you're mom again. It's just a lot of back and forth emotionally, like you said. It's hard on my heart and it's hard on my mind. And I had to, I definitely shed a lot of tears and to get to this moment where I thought, okay, where is my in-between and how not to feel guilty about not parenting them? Because I think a lot of parents or mothers, especially like in step-parent situations, I've met a lot of stepmoms and stepdads, and I have found they're inherently wonderful. <laughs> they're usually not bad, but you always hear about bad step parents. But all the ones I've met that I relate to are pretty awesome. And it's hard not to feel guilty about pulling away from kids when you just want them to, when you just want what's best for them. Right. Because you want to be a parent, love them, and make sure they're happy and healthy and, you know, instill like good values. And it's really hard to just disengage and pull away. It's, I, I struggle a lot. Well, but you just said something. You said what's best for the kids. And sometimes it's for the kids. It's best for the kids if the step parent does step back. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, and that's where, and that's what's tough is. And you know, they go through things and they vent to me sometimes about their situation with their bio mom. And I've even had to back off of that and say, you know, you guys have to talk to your counselor. You have to talk to your dad about it because it almost puts me in a really difficult predicament where I'm like, oh, they love me. They want to vent. They want to talk. But then it might not be a week or two later where I am not a priority anymore. Well, not just that, but they could tell you, yeah, mom did this. And of course, you're not going to have those um, loving feelings towards mom because of everything that's happened. But mm-hmm. if you said, yeah, you know, your mom's just not the best mother or not the best place, it's one of those things where I can call my mom the B word, but you better not. Yeah, they they get very offended very quickly. <laughs> hmm and I thought it's best just we not talk about this anymore because I, I said it and it paints her in a bad light. You know, I have my experience with her, but it makes it difficult for me to have any type of relationship when I hear all this negativity too. Right. And then it really hurts when I'm pushed away again after that, depending on what's going on. And, you know, when you blend families, you really lean into how can I be a good step parent? Because there's this wicked stepmother my experience of wicked stepmother thing and you're like I want to prove it wrong but then I leaned into it too much and I felt like it got kind of hurt I wish I had my expectations more realistic from the get-go yeah but it's so hard because you love these kids and you can't stop your heart from loving somebody but you do, for yeah. your own mental health, have to put up those boundaries. And I'm going to tell you, those kids are at ages that they are teens, preteens, and things are going to change a lot over the years. And one mm-hmm. day, those kids may actually come to you and say, you know, thanks for not bashing my mom. Yeah. I know there were times that we came to you with stuff and you wanted to jump on the bandwagon with us, but you didn't. And we appreciate that. I've had to learn boundaries too, as far as my input 
like with um my husband will ask me things on occasion and you know we'll talk about like what we want to do for all the kids or what's best for the kids or I have a medical background and he'll ask me certain medical questions or my thoughts and there's some times where not then but now I have to say you know I don't feel comfortable giving my input I want to I want what's best for them you know but like you might have to discuss this with your ex or and it's honestly really hard to say that because I feel like I'm giving up control a little bit of the situation. Mm-hmm. But if I were to keep putting input in, if he didn't go with that decision or sometimes she would get really upset that I even had input and I think, oh, I have to back off or I get hurt inadvertently. I end up getting hurt in the situation. So it's hard to kind of give up that control and say, I don't even want to give you my opinion. Like this is your choice, you're their biological dad, you have to make this choice for them on your own. Right. And it's not really giving up your control because I'm sure you've given him advice before and he didn't follow it. Yeah. (laughs) It's more of, let's say, feeling like you're having to exclude yourself. Yeah, yeah, 100% actually is probably more how I feel. Yeah. And that's hard because you want to be involved. It's not like these kids are driving you crazy. You're just like, I don't want anything to do with them. It's, I can't get too attached. That is very, you're 100% right. And that's very, very, I would say that's one of the hardest things I'm trying to go, I'm going through right now and trying to process. And I have to tell myself stuff like that, that, you know, I have to be detached from the outcome because. I don't know what the future brings. And and then because we're all together all the time, there's definitely some conflict between my bio kids and my stepkids. My bio kids, they're considering the trauma they've been through. They get great grades. They're pretty well behaved. Like I'm just, I can only imagine that it's just because they came, you know, from a place where, me and my ex got along well, or mm-hmm. that, you know, that my mother-in-law, ex-mother-in-law still loves, that loves my husband, you know, but my stepkids aren't adjusting as well. And sometimes they have conflicts between them. And because their bio mom is just so high conflict and she pulls them into a lot of things they really shouldn't be involved in. It has caused conflicts between the kids like, oh, well, they're the favorites oh, well, they, you know, they get this stuff and we don't. And I, and subconsciously, well, unconsciously, because me and my husband got in arguments about it, I get so frustrated hearing that from them because I think, of course, they don't, of course, you know, my bio kids get more and it looks like they get more. I'm like, because their dad passed away. Like, he can't go buy them stuff. He can't help with school supplies. He can't buy them new clothes. Like, it's really sad. You know, they've lost those experiences forever. Right. So, you know, I try to keep in mind that my stepkids are just kids, but it's really difficult when, you know, they're just saying everything's so unfair. And I'm like, well, it's unfair that they lost. I had a moment where I got upset with them and I said, it's unfair they lost their dad. <laughs> I said, that's what's not fair. Right. And it has caused so much stress for me because I want to push myself away from them in those situations because I feel they're attacking like your kids. Bio. Yeah. 
And it, it has been, that's also affected our marriage because we all live together. Like there's no 50, 50. I mean, it is on like Donkey Kong all the time and that's, and you have to live in it and you have to hear the bull, bullying, but the resentment and the unfairness and the complaining and the whining. And I just, I thought, who's serenity now? <laughs> well, and two, it, it's funny because his kids will say that, oh, it's not fair. They get more stuff than we do. But when they get to Christmases, they don't complain. Oh, exactly. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And that's like. And that has been such a source of frustration. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. And that's like with your husband wanting to wait for his kids to be there for y'all all to do something. Well, if you want to be fair, then your kids and your hours kid, they need to get two Christmases too. Yeah. When I had that day when we were driving out so upset, I'm like, they get to go. I mean, I just, I, it's like I unlocked everything in my brain. I had been <laughs> holding back and I'm like, your kids get to go here and here and here with their bio mom. And they get to go here and here and do this and this and that and that. And I said, I just wanted one day, you know, and I think it just opened up a whole thing for us that it's like we have to sit down and we really have to reevaluate where we're at because it is not how it was when we started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's hard because in a way, you're like, they're kids. I get that they don't understand that this isn't fair. But surely to goodness, they realize your kids lost a parent, but they can't separate the two. They can't. And I I have guilt over that. I think I'll feel, I'll get upset. And I think I'll start feeling some resentment a little bit. And then I, I think, oh, they're just kids. They don't know. But then I'll think, gosh, you know, there should be some empathy there. Yeah. Because they're kids and, you know, the loss of a parent is hard at any age. And they don't have a lot of empathy at all. And I don't know if that's because they're caught up in their trauma with their high conflict mom or if it's because my kids have a lot of empathy. But I think that happens when you go through really hard times. Like it's almost like life forces the empathy on you. Yes. But it is so hard to be blended, especially dealing with that. Because I I just want to yell or at my husband sometimes and be like, your kids are so mean. (laughs) They're so not caring about what they went through, about my, what my kids went through. And all they want is to capitalize off of, you know, their, their dad's death because they want more stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't think it's fair that, you know, we buy them more things and they want things to be so equal. And it's especially hard because we have full custody. So they see it more. And yeah. even if I explain, we go to your mom's and she'll buy you new coats and new everything, new they came home with like a new VR, new switch one time, just on a Wednesday. <laughs> I thought we don't do that. So as I talk about unfair and I had used that scenario with them and it just fell on deaf ears. It just was like, now you're yelling at us because you don't like us. And I thought, yeah. oh, I can't win. <laughs> no, no, you, you can't win with that. You can't. They, they could go to their moms and she could, she could give them a thousand dollars worth of gifts. You could go to the store and buy your kid, one of your kids, or all your kids, a new pair of shoes, and it's why didn't we get new shoes? I well, your go mom to the dollar store. <laughs> yes. Why didn't we go to the dollar store? <laughs> yeah. Now, 
I will say that I always got Jackson more for Christmas than David got his kids. A lot of that was because of the age difference. You know, the older they get, the bigger, the the more expensive the gifts are. But also, right. I knew Jackson's dad wasn't going to give Jackson a whole lot. Like, he'd probably get him clothes. I mean, he'd got him stuff, but it's not like Santa. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I I know that I did that, and I'm aware of it. I was aware of it when I did it. But I tried not to give him that stuff when David's kids were here. But you don't have that luxury. No. And it is. And sometimes if my stepkids are gone on every other weekend, we'll give them like an early something or it's like, well, now we'll take them shopping. But that's even hard sometimes because I feel like I can't be um, the mom I want to be to my bio kids. And I have to do it around when the other kids aren't home. Yeah, and then it's almost like, don't let like little Susie see that around. when they get back. Yeah, well, there have been times where I got something for my daughter, my 13-year-old, and um, she shoved it in her closet real quick. And I was like, aren't you going to wear that? She's like, I'm going to wait and like just take it out and let it sit around. That way, um, my other stepdaughter will just call her like Elle. She's like, that way if Elle sees it, she doesn't get mad and she thinks it's old. And I thought, oh my gosh, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, you shouldn't be ashamed of like getting new stuff. So that's been a work in progress, and I don't really know what to do exactly or how to handle that. And I've talked to my stepkids about it, and then now I reevaluate, and I'm like, maybe my husband should be having these conversations with them because I'm probably too emotional and frustrated. Well, and you're the target. Um, yeah. And I know David had um, talks with his kids and said something to the effect of, it may seem like Jackson gets a lot more stuff than y'all do, but you have to remember Jackson's dad doesn't do things for him like your mom does for y'all. And we have Jackson, you know, 95% of the time, whereas y'all were 50-50. And, I mean, they finally started to get it because we're like, like, Jackson doesn't get to go play laser tag every other weekend. Y'all do. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, I have a question. So, yes. when you think back to your relationship with the stepkids before Bi and Mom moved back, did they seem to be more empathetic then? Yeah. I feel like they're different kids. Like, they used to um, hug me and cuddle me and just, um, you know, they're like, oh, I want to call you Mom. And I'm like, you don't have to. I was like, you don't have to do that. I didn't care either way. But I did think, well, this might not be good because they had heard stories about their bio mom. I thought, let's just not go there. Yeah. Um, But I was really close with them. And they, I mean, it was just so wonderful. And even when me and my husband started dating, they didn't, I don't think the kids talked about me much. Or maybe she, their mom didn't think it was that serious. But they... I'm trying to think like my, my bio daughter had some anxiety and her and my stepdaughter were just wonderful together. It was great for her anxiety. You know, they were the closest, they were like the best of friends. Even when my stepdaughter would go away every other weekend, they would be on the phone half the weekend. And I just thought, man, we totally dodged bullet with all these other problems that these blended families have. And, yeah. We hit the jackpot. Um, yeah. I, we would talk about that. 
Um, but things change. And now those two are at each other's, I don't say each other's throat, but I would say it's my stepdaughter. She just, now she's, I would say jealous of my daughter and irritated and, you know, her and I used to be close, but I know me and my stepdaughter can't be as close anymore because I know she's told me her mom will get very upset if I, Mm -hmm. if I'm celebrated or talked about. And then now they are, they used to, I feel like they were loving and aesthetic and just, just really great kids. Like as soon as I married my husband, I thought, man, he is a freaking awesome dad. Like these kids are wonderful. And now they're just, it's like a, not 360. It's like 180. I don't know. They're just, they're just, they're just different children that I felt like I'm getting to know all over again. Cause I wondered, well, first of all, I have to say, it's funny that you said not a 360 and 180 because I automatically say 360 and I mean 180. But anyway, (laughs) I wonder if part of that kind of being less empathetic is because they had to protect themselves with bio mom coming back. Like they had to not be as sensitive. They could be vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's so inconsistent. Sad, and when I think about my ex and my husband, how my kids are functioning, my bio kids, I mean, it's probably like one of the best case scenarios, and it's proof to me how having a co-parent or another parent that is understanding and mature can affect your kids. And then I see the complete opposite dynamic when you have a very immature, high conflict parent. And it's really difficult. And I want to like, I want to look, I want to go to their mom and be like, look at what's happening. Like, look at these kids that were filled with love and look at these kids that are filled with conflict. It's like, you're, you're hurting your own kids now because you don't want them to, I don't know. In my mind, I get upset. I'm like, be happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You don't want them to be happy. Right. But she's not going to see that. You will never see that. And that is also a hard thing to come to. I I just recently blocked all social media outlets and stuff. And good for you. It was, it was, we were friends on Facebook and my sister was like, because me and my sister are actually stepsisters, but my dad was around since I was a kid. So I don't call him my stepdad. But I also come from technically a blended family, but, um, my stepdad adopted me when I was like two or three. I don't remember. So he's always been my dad. So to me, I'm like, well, your family's your family. And they're the ones that love you. But my sister didn't live with us. She lived with her mom a lot. And she saw me and his ex were friends on Facebook. And she was just like, red flags. No, don't do that. What are you doing? Like, she's like, you know, she's like, close the hatch. Don't do that. And I'm like, no, 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 it's going to be great. Like, we're all one big happy family. And she tried and to warn you. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't work out. And it's tough because I've had to parent in a completely different way than I used to with them. I have to pull back tremendously. And, you know, even Christmas, because I used to just kind of do all the Christmas gifts for everybody and kind of keep track of it. and um you know, kind of 
do all that. And now I think this was the first year I told my husband, I'm like, you have to buy your bio kids gifts and I have to buy mine, my, their gifts. And we agreed on a budget, you know, which was helpful because, but shockingly, he's like, you know, if you want to buy, you know, your bio kids more, he's like, their dad's not here. I understand that. So I'm really fortunate that I have a partner that's understanding and on board for a lot of that. Yes. Because that could, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. It's hard though, not to, it feels like to not get them Christmas gifts this year. Or, I mean, I had an input and I would send them things and he would ultimately, you know, buy it. And it was kind of on his plate to do. It was really hard to pull away in that way. Cause it feels like, it feels like I'm not being a mom anymore. Even though I'm not their real mom or their, I say real mom, but I'm not their bio mom. It feels really difficult. Like you're neglecting them. Yes. It feels, I feel so guilty. It is really difficult. Well, and, and then you also, you feel like, well, I am being unfair. They're right. It, but yeah, they're, I but would they're say not. The mental, <laughs> the mental arguments I have with myself about all of this stuff is the hardest because I think mature people that want to do what's best and, you know, they're trying to look at the kid's happiness. They argue in their own heads as I'm being unfair or I'm being neglectful or I'm doing the wrong thing. And it's, you got to get to a point where you can't feel like that. You have to give yourself some grace that that's not how things are, that, Pulling back is probably actually better than pushing forward. Well, too, if you don't, then before you know it, you'll start feeling like you're neglecting your own kids trying to improve the relationship with your stepkids. And yes, and I, and I went through that, and I think that was another wake-up call for me because I had my daughter one time I was doing my homework with doing one of the kids' step homework, doing my one of my step kids' homework with them because they were failing. And all my my bio kids get all A's, straight A's. And my daughter was struggling with something. I was like, oh, you'll figure it out. And later she said, Mom, she said, I needed help. She's like, it's not my fault that L is failing. That's L's fault. L falls asleep in class. L doesn't study like and L is getting all the attention and she's like I can't call dad because you know he's not here anymore she's like I can't call my other dad because he's at work she's like you're here and I never asked you for help and I did and L is getting all the attention and I felt so horrible and I realized that I thought this is not my biological child their dad can come home and help them with homework. I do not need to devote myself to them. And the way that, because my, the, my kids don't have me. Right. Well, I'm, I'm glad that your daughter talked to you about that rather than keeping it all in. Yeah. Very open. I definitely cried. I felt bad, but I thought I'm glad she didn't harbor it for 20 years. Well, I tell you what, I joke about this, but I'm serious a lot of times when I say it, that, Parents are going to be on their deathbed and think, when little Johnny was five years old, I didn't get him the scooter he wanted. Because (laughs) we beat ourselves up so much. 
you are not a crappy mom. You are a great mom. You were just trying to do what you felt was best. And then you realized it wasn't. And so you made those adjustments. But we do. We beat ourselves up way too much. And I feel like step parents are on a different level of forgiveness. Like if their dad does something that makes them mad, they'll still give them a hug at the end of the night. 100%. But if I do do something to make them mad, they're like, it's the silent treatment. And Mm -hmm. I thought, dang, we did the same thing. But it's like I'm held to a much higher standard. Well, not just that, but look at it like this. If if the stepkid does something to bio dad that upsets bio dad, he's going to forgive them quicker than you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, and when I say people, we were guilty of it too. We try to ignore these biological bonds. Mm-hmm. And you can't. It's reality, just like it's reality those are your stepkids. It's reality that that's dad. They are going to be more forgiving toward him, and he's going to be more forgiving towards them. And that's a tough conversation I had to have with my husband because I got there mentally, I think, before he did. And, you know, I felt like I was kind of drawing him a map of this, and he was kind of resilient and upset about it at first. But then we had a situation. I said, just wait. I'm like, something will come up. I said, I want you to think about this and just kind of see how it plays out. I can't remember exactly what happened, but that night, you know, we're getting ready for bed. All the kids are in bed and he, you know, it was such a good moment for me because he looks over and he's like, he said, I get it now. He's like, I, he's like, they, I got upset with them. You know, I dealt out a consequence. He's like, they're fine. They're pretty much over it. They're dealing with it. And he's like, but when you had done that same consequence, I think they hadn't done their homework. He's like, I heard about it for weeks. And then mm-hmm. I still hear about it, how mean it was. He's like, I just dealt the same consequence you did. Yeah. I'm like, yup. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I love you so much. <laughs> because we just want them to understand where we're coming from, that we're not crazy and we're not just emotional, that there is sense behind this madness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that made well, you feel validated. Lines, very. And those lines are there. And, you know, like you guys, you, I feel like there's such a push to ignore those lines. So instead of not engaging the stepkids at all, it's almost like the spectrum went completely the other way now where, there's this big push to make everything like about there's no lines at all. And while I can understand that it's just not reality. It is not how things play out in everybody's day-to-day lives. I mean, there are things that like, I'm like, I was thinking about the other day. I'm like, when these kids are old enough and they're getting married or, you know, whatever they're doing, graduation, whatever. I'm like, I'm probably not going to be, walking down the aisle with my stepkids or anything of that nature. And, you know, I'm not going to get the same parenting or the same, I'm not going to have the same relationship with them. Mm -hmm. And that kind of struck me because I never really go too far in the future. And as much as I love my stepkids so much, I just, my bio kids, I'm like, I probably will be with them walking down the aisle with, or with my husband 
like I'm the one that's going to be with them. And my husband, it's hard for him sometimes because I said, well, they don't have their dad. He's like, well, I'm their dad. And I'm like, and you are, and you're awesome and you're wonderful and they love you. I said, but I, they only have one living biological parent. I said, and that, I said, as much as it hurts for him to hear that, I said, you're going to have a huge effect on their life. I said, but reality is that they just have one bio parent and, you know, kind of a tough conversation, but, you know, it's like if something happens to me, you know, I said, you don't have the same rights as I do. I think it goes to my, they go to my mom or something. I said, so these are heavy weights and heavy thoughts I have. But I said, because of those things, I said, I have to pull away from, you know, your kids because they have two parents that can just do all kinds of stuff for them. I said, I said, they don't need three parents. And then the other ones have one half the time. I'm like, they have to have one full-time parent. I'm like, and you guys can be, you know, I said, I should be third in line with the, with my, with your kids, not first in line, Mm -hmm. not dishing out the punishments or the structure or the decisions. I said, you need to come first and then your ex needs to come. I was like, and then technically I need to come. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be, it's like, I want to be third now at this point. Yeah, I get it. And I'm glad that he gets it. He says he does. (laughs) Yeah, well, he does, but his relationship being so different with your kids makes it harder. Because he's thinking, I have these relationships with, you know, my stepkids. Why can't she have that relationship with her stepkids? It's because it's exactly. different. It it is. It's so it's so hard for him. I always feel, um, I always feel for him when we have those talks because, you know, like when we talked about them getting married or something in the future, I was like, they're gonna, you're gonna be there for it, and they're gonna, you're gonna be the dad. I said in their future. I said probably for now, for now and forever. And he is he. They call him down. They love him. I said that is not my experience. I said my I will never be the mom with them. I will always be me, mm-hmm. and I will always be outside. I said so. I can't try to force myself to be inside the circle, even though it hurts. I said I feel like I have to be outside and protect my, like my boundary or my my peace with all that. Yeah, and you have to. But remember too, this can change over time. Mm-hmm. My relationships with my stepkids have changed over the years. And even my son's girlfriend made a comment about the relationship I have with one of my stepkids. She said, y'all just have such a different relationship than you do with the others. And I said, yeah. And she said, does it bother you that you don't have that relationship with the other ones? I said, no, because I've never had it. And I've never expected it. But this kid, I can tell him, dude, you are screwing up. And he knows it's coming from a place of love. Mm -hmm. And there's another stepkid that I could say that to, and he's going to get offended by it. And it's going to hurt his feelings. More so than if his dad said it. So it's one of those things that you're like, hmm, do I say something? Do I not? But it just depends on the relationship. And I was joking with somebody the other day. I said, yeah, I had to un-nacho with one of my stepkids. And they were like, (laughs) un-nacho, I like it. I said, I did. 
because I saw him doing something that I knew I needed to talk to him about. It wouldn't have been the same coming from his dad. It needed to come from a female. So I unnachoed for about 15 minutes. I waited to see if he had any questions, and then I went right back to nacho. (laughs) And the way that I nacho with them is it's different levels for each one. You have to do what works for each kid. And I'm sure you have different relationships with each of your stepkids. I do. The I think a lot of stepmoms don't get along. They have stepdaughters, or that's what I've heard, at least sometimes from friends and stuff. But I have the opposite. I have an excellent relationship with my 13-year-old stepdaughter. I mean, she just tells me all the day. Every day she loves me. She's like, I just love you so much. And I'm like, you're awesome. Aww. But my stepson, he... I'm almost like invading his place for what a mother should be. Like if, uh, you know, and it's hard because he's, he was the one that was always loving cuddling. And then um, she said, you know, she's not your real mom. She's just acting like it, but she doesn't love you like she loves her real kids. And that definitely drove a huge wedge between us. And so it's actually almost forced me to step back. I'm like, I cannot parent him the way that I can parent my stepdaughter. It's like, it's like they have two different parents almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you're completely honest, which I want you to be, you have different relationships with your own bio kids. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my teenage daughter, my almost 16 year old, that's a fun roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I can't wait to get through it. <laughs> and you will get through it. You will get through it. And then guess what? It'll be the next one's turn. My mom's like, when she's like 20, it'll get better. I'm like, mom, that is so many years away. I'm like, that was not helpful. (laughs) It feels like so many years away, but you know, the next thing you know, it'll be four or five years from now and you're like, man, time flew by. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely not easy being a parent. It's not easy being a spouse. And it definitely is not easy being a stepmom. And you're right. The hardest relationships are between a stepmom and a stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. So that should make you feel better. <laughs> it does. <laughs> but then it's like, well, what's happening with the stepson? What's wrong with him? Well, you know what's wrong with him. He's getting an earful of something else. Yeah, I hope that, I think everybody's hope is that if they're in a high conflict situation, that the kids see it one day. And I think I've kind of succumbed myself to maybe they will, maybe they won't. It's like, but in the meantime, I have to have my boundaries or I'm going to get hurt in all this more than anyone. Yeah, you're right. Check my piece. And and those boundaries, they can shift too. Yeah. They're not written in concrete. Yep. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. Um, I'm sad about your kids losing their dad and you losing such a good friend. Mm-hmm. But I am thankful that your husband is willing to be dad for them. I am very fortunate, and so are my kids. Yeah. And kids are more receptive to dads being the parent anyway. I know. Isn't that funny? (laughs) I've noticed that, too. How do the stepkids, and even the bio kids, how do they feel about the hours kid? Love. Love the hours kid. When I found out I was pregnant. I think I said hours daughter. It's hours son. Yeah. My stepson didn't have much of a reaction, but my stepdaughter and my bio kids were so over the moon. My stepdaughter used to kiss my belly and rub it every night. And when she learned the name, she would like talk to him and say his name. She's like, 
she like you know like remember my voice you know <laughs> um and she said and that was the experience with my stepdaughter it was that that close to her and then they're still really close like her and my youngest my hours baby I would say they're they're the closest they have a really tight bond but they all play with him they all love him they all like he definitely tied everything together and I don't know if that's everybody's experience but they just they love him so much I think it made I would say it makes them feel more like real siblings Mm -hmm. and Sometimes we'll kind of, you know, we'll hear him come together and be like, we can't say shut up anymore because then he'll say it because he's starting to repeat stuff. Like, we all have to make sure we don't say it. And I thought, ah, y'all can just parent yourselves. This is great. <laughs> yeah. How sweet is that? Y'all don't want the baby saying shut up. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's great. And they, I'd say it's helped them kind of see a different side of parenting because they're so much older than our kid. So Yes it's kind of made them, I would say they might learn some empathy or some lessons from that because they are definitely like, okay, we can't say this stuff or we have to be careful. Or, you know, if we get mad and hit each other, like he's going to start hitting. And it's been a really unexpected, great addition and lesson for a lot of them. You were talking about the relationship with him. I'm thinking that's great because we've seen it go both ways Mm -hmm. where the hours kid creates more of a family type atmosphere or ours kid creates more of a divide. But I think the age does have a lot to do with it. Like you said, your, your kids and your stepkids don't feel like they're competing for a, with time with a toddler because they're older. Exactly. Or they're not jealous because you're spending more time with your hours kid because they realize this kid can't really take care of himself yet. Yeah, I didn't know how it would go, but it, it really went in the best way. And now, you know, they're teaching him stuff. You know, the kids that are really in sports, they're teaching him sports. And I would say my stepkids have an excellent, excellent bond with him, which I was worried about. So that's kind of hard for me to do separate things as a family. It's like they feel like they miss out on time with their blood brother. You know, those are funny, interesting situations to navigate, but... You know, I told all of them, I'm like, if you guys were all biologically ours, I'm like, how many activities can we really do with like eight people? Yeah. Like, I don't even think if you hold that many people at once. Yeah. Well, I know we were going to see the Christmas lights and it was me, David, my son, his girlfriend, David's oldest, one of the triplets, his oldest wife, and one of the two of the grandkids. So that was nine. And we're like, we need a bus. Yes. And that's not even all the, you know, kids being here. One of them's still in Germany. It's a big, big blended family. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you wait till those kids start having grandbabies. <laughs> we'll have a houseful. Yes. Well, Dave, one of David's triplets just had a baby a couple of days ago. Well, his girlfriend did. So we now have three grandbabies. Or I have three step grandbabies. And Jackson, my son's girlfriend, she said, When Jackson and I get married and we have a baby, is David going to think of it as his step grandkid? She said, Because it bothers me that you refer to them as your step grandkids. I said, Honey, it's reality. Yeah. That's all it is. If me and David split up, I would not see these kids. It's reality. She said, exactly. Well, I guess so. Yeah. I, I think that's what that's really, really tough because. 
you know, I told my husband, I'm like, if we split up, like, I probably won't see him really, even though I'll miss him. He's like, well, don't talk like that. You know, it's like, I thought that that's what happened. Cause my mom and my dad got a divorce when I was like 25 or something. Like I was way older and me and my sister, uh, you know, my stepsister technically, she like never sees my mom anymore. Well, they see each other, but not like they used to. Right. And she definitely never sees my other side of the family. Like she's going family Christmases on my mom's side. And now she doesn't. And, you know, I told my husband, I'm like, think about that. I'm like, my sister never sees them anymore. I'm like, so I said, cause that's what happens. Yeah. Well, even when my parents split up, I didn't see them as much as I used to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we shouldn't be thinking about, well, if we split up, but again, it's a reality. If that happened, the, the if then statements, <laughs> if this happened, then this would happen. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much I love those grandkids. They're not my grandkids. Well, and I knew, you know, I talked to my husband about it. I said, I'm going to feel really bad. I said, if something does happen, I'm like, I'm going to be guilt ridden that I spent all these years helping Elle with her homework and not my bio daughter. I'm like, it's going to, it's going to eat away at me and I'll never be able to get that time back. Right. I said, so I have to think now and in that way. So I don't have regrets. Yes. Yes. And even if nothing ever happens, you still may feel that regret because I know I did. I was like, I was Mm -hmm. so focused on trying to build relationships with the stepkids. I wasn't spending as much time with my son as he was used to. Not that he acted out or I saw any changes in him, but when I realized it, I felt guilty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for being a guest and sharing your story with us. I know that it is going to help some of our listeners without a shadow of a doubt. I hope so. (laughs) I appreciate you letting me be on. It's been great. We'll come back in a couple of years. We'll see how things are going. (laughs) Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. Thank you. During this interview, Kelly and I talked about how her kids get good grades and they're well-behaved. And we'll just say the stepkids are not really the same in that aspect. I know with us, your kids struggled in school. Now, granted, they were going to a private school and had bukus and bukus and bukus of homework at night. And they were five years older than Jackson, the triplets were, and Avery six and a half years or whatever. So with Jackson, he didn't have those struggles with school. But I know when it came to your kids, it was hard for me to understand why they were struggling because I didn't struggle with school. But there were things that you did struggle with in school. And I say all this to say that no two kids are the same. I don't care if they're twins or triplets or quadruplets or sextuplets or whatever they are. Somebody somebody saw me one time with the triplets, and and I had Avery, too. And so she said, are those quadruplets? (laughs) Quadruplets. (laughs) It's like, I don't know what a quadruplet is, but no. (laughs) Yeah, he's a good bit older than they are. <laughs> well, a year and yeah. a half, but I guess at some point they probably did look about the same size. Yeah, they did. But I just remember that one quadruplet. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I also know that the dental hygienist that I go to, she had made a comment that her son is struggling with reading and that she doesn't know how to approach that with him because she never struggled in school. And so she decided to get reach out and get help for him with a tutor. Because that's what tutors do. 
And so don't have the same expectations for all the kids, whether it's your bio kids or your step kids, because every child is different. It's like every snowflake is different. Yeah, Talk to me. I'll tell you about struggling through school. All right, David, let's wrap <laughs> this up. We don't need to hear about your school struggles. <laughs> you sure don't. All right, folks, that is our show for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share this out. And don't forget to leave us a podcast review. We appreciate those so very much. And if you have any questions about joining the Nacho Kids Academy, you can ask us those questions at contact us at nachokids.com. Oh, and one more. If you want to be a guest on our podcast, you can do the same. Email us at contact us at nachokids.com and say, hey, Chicky Chicky, I want to be a podcast guest. Chicky Chicky. Yeah. Hey, Chicky Chicky. I want to be a guest on your podcast. How do you spell chicky, chicky? C-H-I-C-K-Y, C-H-I-C-K-Y, chicky, chicky. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. That's it's our show. It's better than saying, hey, doody, doody. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's, that's it. We're out. Remember, life is good. When you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids Podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.